for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Papa G, bring the fire. Thank you that your stuff's over there. What exactly is Sunday best in 2023? I'm not... When I was little, I had... uh, I didn't really go to church much, but when my parents did, it was a a suit with a little clip-on tie. Anybody? Anybody? (laughs) Bueller, Bueller. Um, Also, yeah, that was... That was uh, that was amazing. Um, glad that we don't do that. Now I'm going today. I'm going country. I don't know. Every day it's a different inspiration. It's comfortable. That's the thing. Everybody have the notes. If you don't have the notes, good. They'll help you. We have some 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 up that will be up on the screen. Some of the mostly the verses that we're gonna uh, look at will be up on the screen. Um, Wow, I could have just kept having people bless. That's the power of the time. How many of you sensed like a, a whoosh in the room? Was it just me or was there something? There was a release that, that comes from the tongue. But see, our tongues can release cursing or blessing. And so there's a, there's a real important truth there. And and James 3 just basically comes right out and says, nobody can control their tongue. You need God to help you. You need the power of the Spirit. And uh, so that's, that's an ongoing prayer. We may even pray that at the end today. Uh, I'm not probably not going to have an altar call uh, about who wants to have their tongue touched because then there wouldn't be room up here because I think we all want our tongue touched. But... Uh, by the Lord. So, uh, Father, I thank you for the power of hungry hearts and lined up mouths and, and open hearts. And so, even right now, Holy Spirit, I invite you in your manifested presence to uh, anoint my tongue, to release. Your word, as your word goes forth, your incorruptible seed, may all of our hearts be good soil to mix, to receive your word on good soil, to mix it with faith, to not get out our, um, our grade sheet, but to tear that up and open our hearts and say, Lord, speak to me. Your words for me, for your word is life. It's living and active, Hebrews 4.12 says, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It actually brings healing. May someone today get potentially delivered of some sort of uh, substance addiction while the word goes forth. Or may someone today get healed in their physical body like that one lady had a frozen shoulder and As we were singing, oh, the wonderful cross, you healed her shoulder so she could lift her arm up to worship. Lord, may the power of your word go forth, because it doesn't really matter about my words as long as they are uh, helping to set up your word. So we receive your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this week is part two 
of a, a series that I felt led to, to teach on, to talk about, called The Fire of God. Uh, it's something that um, has actually been overdue in talking about it, teaching on it, because, you know, it's, we've used that word, we use that word fire a lot around here, but we didn't really ever give kind of a, a, a teaching or an explanation of what we mean by that. I think we basically get the gist. Fire means, you know, basically God shows up <clears throat> in some form or other, but, but what does it mean? What does the Bible say about the fire of God? And is it good? Is it bad? Is it both good and bad? And if it's good, is it important for us as Christians to have the fire of God in our life? And if it's important, how much should we have in our life and how can we get more? These inquiring minds want to know. All right? That, was a, I, that phrase came in my mind, inquiring minds want to know, because I remember... Again, as I said last week, you kind of need an 80s urban dictionary to follow me. <laughs> but in the 80s, the National Enquirer, I, it, may not, it may still be in the grocery stores, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but that was the phrase, <clears throat> the slogan, inquiring minds want to know. Now, I don't recommend you pick up a National Enquirer because, you know, the cover will be like, Hillary Clinton adopted... Extraterrestrial baby, and there's a nursery in the bottom of the White House. Genuine photo, you know. Believe it or not, that was actually a cover back when Bill Clinton was president. So, you know, I'm not, don't, I don't recommend that your inquiring mind try to delve into, you know, a dog with seven heads can drive a car, stuff like that, okay? But God does want us to have inquiring minds. Uh, I don't know, yeah, you, you, National Enquirer was a logo there, but anyway. I didn't want to show a cover because I didn't want us to get distracted, but then I just distracted us with some of the wild things. <clears throat> but actually, King David in Psalm 27, 4, he says, One thing have I desired, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, to ask questions. And so I encourage us to be not national inquirers, but God inquirers. To ask God daily, who, show me more about who you are. Oh yeah, well, we got that. Well, say God inquire. X out national, say God inquirers. Who, got, who you are and what you do. And that actually is a, a description of what a fiery Christian is about. They live daily with thoughts of who God is and what he does continually on their mind. Not like every minute of every day, but throughout the day, one one leader about prayer said, I rarely pray 30 minutes at a time, but I rarely go 30 minutes without praying. Okay, so <clears throat> it's that ongoing, who God, what are you doing? What is going, show me about your character. What does love look like here? You know, in that situation. You see, those are the kinds of things that God's calling us to, to, to inquire about. Uh, paragraph A, I shared last week that the fire of God 
is a very biblical subject, and it's extremely important for us to understand it and experience it in our own lives. Hebrews 12, 29 says, Our God is an all-consuming fire. Revelation 4, 3 describes the Father as being totally consumed with fire. He's the sardius God. Completely consumed. The Son, Ezekiel 1, 27, from his waist up, completely consumed with fire. The Spirit, Revelation 4, verse 5, is depicted as seven burning torches around the throne. I mean, the whole thing is fire. Daniel 7, the throne is fire. The wheels are fire. There's a river of fire. Even the angels are on fire. I mean, God's into fire because he's all about fire. He's all, that's who he is. Fire burns up the bad and heats up the good. And I thought about it. Sometimes my wife makes meatloaf. And it's better. Anybody like me, you, sometimes you heat something up the next day and actually taste better. All right? Because they've gotten, I guess, to mix together or whatever. <clears throat> well, the fire of God helps to heat up the good in our life and burn up the bad. So that might be a nice little prayer that you pray, Lord, <clears throat> burn up the bad and heat up the good. Because your fire is a good thing. Paragraph B, <clears throat> when you think of the fire of God, I want to demystify it. The fire of God, think of the love of God, the presence of God, the glory of God, the zeal of God. You can plug those words in for the fire of God. So when we, there's a lot of worship songs that have fire in them, isn't there, Marissa? Yeah. <clears throat> so... So if they're singing something like, stir the fire in me, fan it into flame, what they're really singing is, Lord, would you release more divine love in me or more divine zeal in me? That's what you want to think of when you think of the fire of God. So <clears throat> Roman numeral 2, Isaiah 33, 14, the second part of that is our springboard verse for this series on the fire of God. And it, uh, it says, the prophet Isaiah asked two questions. He says, who among us shall dwell with devouring fire? In other words, right there, he's talking about <clears throat> the end time judgments of God being released in the earth with judgment fire. And he then says, and who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? So in that second question... Isaiah is basically saying, church, Christians, in the midst of perilous times, you can burn for Jesus. You can dwell with the fire of God in your life that will cause you to not only survive the, the judgments and the perilous times, <clears throat> but will cause you to thrive spiritually. And I'm telling you, the world needs to see us not weak and cowardly and quiet in those days when the, the judgments are released and there's great peril. The, Lord, the world needs to see us be bold. Can, can I get an amen on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Amen. All right. No, what did you say? <clears throat> I'll take jokes back. I may not hear what you're saying, but 
All right. So, um, so to dwell means we can live in, I'm going to use this phrase, we can live in what I call the realm of fire. To dwell with everlasting burnings, Isaiah there, Isaiah 33, 14. Think of, I can live in the realm of fire. Last week, we looked at the experiences that many of us have had with the fire of God. How many of you have had an experience where the fire of God touched you, touched your life? Gary Douthat, I know you have. You're walking, yeah. (laughs) We have experiences of God's fire touching our heart, and today, I want us to look at the ongoing lifestyle. The ongoing lifestyle of living each day in the realm of fire. Now, I'm going to say it again this week. I'm not talking about an aggressive personality type. I'm not talking about, you know, Susie Sunshine. Oh, yay! You know, it's living with the, the, the fire of God, you know, in your heart and being expressed through your heart. So we're going to look at that today. It's living each day, day by day, as a fiery believer. Now back, I I became a Christian in 1976, and so I was just off the heels of the Jesus movement. Anybody see the Jesus Revolution movie? Okay, great movie. I haven't seen it yet. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. But I did grow up around that, and in 1973, a, a, a song came out called Day by Day. It was an album called Godspell. And uh, it said, yes, you could start singing it, some of you. Uh, but it's day by day, day by day, oh dear Lord, three things I pray. To see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly. Day by day, by day by day. That's a great picture of living in the realm of fire. If you're going through your day saying, Lord, I want to see you more clearly. I want to love you more dearly. I want to follow you more nearly. It's asking that what we did today earlier, ask God to help you with these things. What's the name of the Holy Spirit? Counselor, helper too. So if his job description is helper, he's not, he doesn't mind if you ask him to help you. So ask him to help you see him more clearly, love him more dearly, follow him more nearly. I, I do, and that's, that's something that, uh, that we're, we're, we're going to look at. Paragraph B, it's important, really important, getting real kind of sober here, to live in the realm of fire. This is not an optional thing in the days ahead. This isn't, well, they're a charismatic, they're a Holy Spirit people, so they're going to talk about the fire. No. The fires of the enemy are being stoked in our world. You just have to turn on any kind of news source and see things that you thought you would never see in our culture. The fires of the enemy are being stoked and inflamed and increasing in intensity with the plan to cause your holy fire to dwindle into nothingness. 
That's the plan, <clears throat> to, to quench the fire of God that's in you, to where the bulk of the church is just walking around looking no different than the world. You know, I really pray for myself, for River in the Hills, as we blessed, as I heard these great blessings today. I really pray that as the days go forward, the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That people will look at your life and go, you're different. Maybe not, you're awesome, but you're different. Yesterday I picked up, uh, Saturday's my day to pick up the food, uh, pantry food at uh, Randall's. Which by the way, a little plug here, we've had some faithful servants kind of step away from that right now, so we need some volunteers, uh, either Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, okay? About a half hour of your time, uh, it's right here at Randall's, and you get it, you bring it. So I went to Randall's, Saturday is mine, it's a mid-morning thing, and there was a new guy over to a part, part of where my pickup is, and um, he, he just wanted to strike up a conversation, so, hey, how are you, and this and that, and, and I was like, huh, I'm, I, think, I think, Lord, is there something here? What do you, and so he starts talking some more, really precious, tender guy, but uh, he said, you know, I'm just kind of feeling sore, I'm just kind of sore, and I'm like, well, what, what, what did I do? Guess what I did? Carrie, what did I do? And I said, can I pray for you to be healed? And here's what he did. No, no, no lie. I said, can I pray for you? And he goes, oh, no. Like, puts his, like, ugh. He was repelled by the thought that I would pray for him. Now, all I can say is he wasn't used to that. But I was just obeying the Lord. I was just seeking to subtitle of your notes of the message today, let my life be like a flame. I did, it wasn't like I came in there going, I'm going to pray for this guy, I'm going to witness. It was just like it, it, it fell at my doorstep. Be open to those little nudges. Because those little nudges are God things many times. And guess what? I'm going to see him next Saturday. I'll ask him how he's feeling. Anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Believe for the guy at Randall's, Lord. Amen. So, the evil pressures that have increased since 2020 when COVID began. The evil pressures have increased so much that there are five predominant negative emotions that, are, that are, are occurring more and more in the people around us and maybe even in our own life. Five predominant negative emotions. There's fear that's increasing, offense, lust, deception, and despair. To help you remember, it's FOLD, F-O-L-D-D. The FOLD, these five negative emotions are happening more and more in the lives of people, especially in young people. The youths, 18 to 24, 56% 
of young, of young people ages 18 to 24 are expressing depressive disorder. They're expressing heightened levels of anxiety and depressive disorder. And that's higher than those 25 and up. Substance use is up higher, much higher than 25 and up people. The 18, 24-year-olds, substance abuse, I think it's 25% versus 11%. The, the numbers are in your notes. 25% versus 13%. Suicide. 26% of 18 to 24-year-olds have expressed deep suicidal thoughts versus 11% of all other adults. North Carolina State University this school year, seven students committed suicide. Two died of drug overdose. So nine died basically out of the pressures of the day becoming insurmountable to them. So what's the answer? I don't want to say there's all just one solid answer, but I believe that the answer to the fold, the fear, offense, lust, deception, despair, is waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Even You see, even youthful resilience. It says, we're going to read it right here. Let's go ahead and, and read this together because it says, even the youths in the hour of this great pressure, even they will faint and grow weary. Okay, so youthful resilience, the exuberance of a bright, the hope of a bright future is failing many young people. The, the, the emotional tank, so to speak, that you have just because when you're 20, you can do a lot of things. You can bounce back a lot more, okay, in a lot of ways. Well, that is waning. And so the answer for all of us is living a life like a flame, the answer for all of us is living in the realm of God's fire, which is tantamount to saying, waiting on the Lord. You know, how many of you know, have always known, have known that verse a long time? They that wait upon the Lord. Did you know the Hebrew word there, wait, means to bind together? Like, like a rope. You take strands of rope and you weave them together. So you're not waiting on the Lord like, oh, come on. No, you're drawing, it's an active binding together, getting close to him, sitting before him, reading his word, praying, worshiping, practically serving. I really get a boost when I go do the food pantry. Because Jesus said, that which you've done to the, when I was hungry and you fed me. He's like, Glenn, you want to get close to me? Yes, Lord. Well, it's not just in the prayer room. Go to the back of Randall's and fill up your, your truck. I like saying that. I, I have a truck now. <laughs> fill it up with food, and you'll, you'll keep your waiting on the Lord. All right, let's look at it. Verse 28. Let's start with Isaiah 40, 28. 
Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. Hear that. To those who have no might, he increases strength. I want to stop right there and ask you a question. How can, how can you increase something that doesn't exist? Can, can we think in church for a second? To those who have no might, he in, uh, is it up there? Okay. All right, yeah. And increases, that one says increases the power. That's that version, which I told you to put that one up. In the other version, it says to those who have no might, he increases strength. Which is telling me this, the God who created something out of nothing, Right? He spoke and the worlds were created. That God lives inside you in the form, the person of the Holy Spirit. That God, you have you you don't have a certain kind of strength. He will, by his creative power, create something out of nothing. He will give you divine strength. And when you more you wait on him, he will increase that quality of divine strength. So going on, it says, even the youths, verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. So even right there, the youths are fainting and growing weary, as contrasted to verse 28 that says, God never faints or grows weary. So the God who never faints or grows weary can help and rescue the youths who are fainting and growing weary. This is a serious thing, the fire of God. It's not a fringe topic. I'm praying that we will take this and say, Lord, let my life be like a flame. All right, let's move to, we're going to get on to some of the, the fruit here. Roman numeral three. Living in the realm of fire is what John the Baptist did. John 5.35, he was called a burning and shining lamp. You and I, as believers, can live our lives. I didn't just come up with that phrase, oh, let's live in the realm of the fire. We can be burning and shining lamps. I would, you know, when I see certain people in this church, I'm so honored to be with you, be among you. So many of you, I say, she's a burning and shining lamp. He's a burning and shining lamp. Their oil, our oil goes out. We need to buy more oil so we can burn and shine more. But we really can be this way. Now, as I see it, paragraph A, living in the realm of fire, has two parts to it. If you can show the picture of the fruit tree, uh, there's two parts to it. There's the fruit, which everyone sees, and there's the root that no one sees. If you want to live in the realm of fire, people see the fruit, that, that the things that we'll, we'll go into some of the, we'll break that down here in a minute. 
But then there's the roots that bring nutrients and minerals that create energy, bringing that with photosynthesis causes the fruit to be produced. That's in the natural. Well, we're going to look at the, the, the roots, a lot of those specific things that fuel the fire that no one else sees. It's the things we do in secret most of the time. Prayer, worship, serving without anyone knowing. That we'll, we'll look at that the next time I share. But I want to look at practically what does it mean to let your life be like a flame? Well, there are two passages that describe what your, what the fruit, it's the things people can see, and they go, oh, you're a burning and shining lamp. Not that you're doing it to show off before them. You're not wearing a t-shirt saying, I'm a burning and shining lamp. But, but you, your life is evidenced by the fruit that comes out of you. By the roots in you, your life is evidenced. But I couldn't help it today. I just had to show this little video of Orthodox Jews at the Western Wall praying, and they pray in a certain unique way called shuckling. Everybody say shuckling. It's, they pray like this. Can you, can you play that, Nathan? There, this is, and if you could turn the volume up, we'll see if you can get that going. Uh, it's called, and I'll just act it out because I was there three times. Okay, we go. Just bring three times a day. Okay, watch many this of them. The See, they're Second doing that. Uh, you don't need a priest. And for that, there's okay, no <clears throat> anybody ever Using seen that before? Okay, rabbis, keep, keep it playing, please. Rabbis say they do that <clears throat> as a it picture that when they pray, they're like a flame. That's like a flame of fire. Three times a week. Okay, keep that in mind when you see that. So listen what he keeps it, he said. You're getting so many response about it from non-Jews that hate you Jews. And ask me Okay, I mean I spoke over what he said. You can turn it off now. Thank you. Great job. He says on that video that the rabbis that that's shuckling came from that tradition that you do that because you're connecting with God's fire. So what's my point? When we live a life of prayer, that's the root causing us to see the fruit. When we live a life of prayer, we are continuing to let the fire burn in our life. Oh, my fire's going out. Are, Are you connecting with God? You see, the fold, the negative emotions of fold are due to a lack of connectedness to Jesus through lack of prayer and through lack of understanding of the end time storyline in the gospel. You see, that's why this 21 days of prayer and fasting for Israel was so helpful to connecting my heart to to Jesus because I was becoming a part of an end-time storyline that was bigger than me living in Lake Travis and doing this and doing that every day. I'm part of something bigger. All right, we'll move on. Let's get to some specifics here. 
got real quick, but we're almost, I'm going to not take too long. Two passages related to the fruit of letting our lives be like a flame. Isaiah 33, 14 through 16, they're, they're in your notes, the springboard passages here. Notice the parts of the body here in Isaiah 33, 14 through 16. Those are the things that are visible to the human eye. I'm just going to read it. We won't talk about it in detail, but just think about this. It says, Who of us can dwell with consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting burnings? Those who walk righteously and speak what is right, who reject gain from extortion and keep their hands from accepting bribes, who stop their ears against plots of murder and shut their eyes against contemplating evil. They are the ones who will dwell on the heights. In other words, who will live in the realm of fire. They are the ones whose refuge will be the mountain fortress. So, that's the fruit. What you do with your mouth, what you look upon with your eyes, what you open your ear gate to listen to or not, that's part of what it, what it looks like to have the fruit of letting our life be like a flame. Let's move to Psalm 15. I'll, I'll talk about a few of these, and then we'll, we'll close. Psalm 15 also gives 10 fruits of someone whose life is like a flame. See, I'm taking it out of the whole ethereal, oh, you're fiery, to what are you doing that, that would cause me to say that? Okay? So let's look at this. Uh, I'll read it, and then we'll take a few of them. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? In other words, who may live in the fire? Who may live on your holy mountain, live in the realm of fire? The one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. Think about these things. Let the Holy Spirit, I was convicted meditating on this this week. Speaks the truth from their heart, whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, and who does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. When the end time shaking comes, I don't want you to be shaken. And that's, there's a, God gives a remedy. He's going to shake all things so that people will come to the desire of all nations. Is that Haggai or Hosea? Haggai, thank you. It's my little Bible reference man over here. Oh, right, it's Haggai. All right, let's look at a couple of these and then we'll, we'll close. <clears throat> the first one, those whose walk is blameless. Your walk is blameless. Blameless, it means your lifestyle is one in which people can't 
blame you for bad things happening. These are just my thoughts. You, I would love it if we had time to break up in small groups and you tell me, what does it mean to have your walk be blameless? Because I'd love to hear from you uh, on, on that. But, you know, think about that later if you break up, have family time or other small group time. Your walk is blameless. In other words, I'll do a little practical example. Let's say you, you're, you're, your wife tells you to keep, to don't, don't leave the door open or the cat will get out. Well, if you leave the door open and the cat gets out, you're the one to blame, right? So leaving the door open, that's a, that's a practical one. But here's one that's more sober, more maybe more, more general. If we don't speak up about Jesus when the Holy Spirit nudges us to, there's a degree of blame that we must bear. The Bible talks about that in Romans. It says, how will they believe if they've not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher, someone to tell them? And so there's a part of our walk that is blameless when the Holy Spirit nudges us to tell someone about Jesus and we follow through on it, whether they receive it or not couple weeks ago. I hesitated to share this because it makes me look good, and please believe me, this is not normal, all right? (laughs) That I was was doing a Saturday run of the food, and there's a store that I drop off cakes to because I've got a truck full of cake. (laughs) Come on. And I, and I, I took a big cake to them, and, there, and a guy came out from the back and said, I just wanted to meet you. Thank you so much. We worked so hard. Long story short, go into the time, uh, I could tell he didn't know Jesus, but he just kept wanting to talk about it. And I felt like the Lord was giving me illustrations to help him see what it was that, that anyway, I won't go into it right now, but the Holy Spirit nudged me I was about ready to go because we talked and I felt pretty good about talking about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said, close the deal. I mean, the guy was ready. I'm like, so I was like, oh, you know, you know what? When, you, when you're in a place like that, open your mouth. He'll fill it. He really will. So I was like, I was like, um, I was like, well, you know, I could just pray with you right now to open the door. And, and would you let me pray for you? And he said, yeah. We finished praying, did the whole thing about receiving Jesus, repenting of sin, inviting Jesus in, making him Lord, boss of your life. I finished, and he had tears in his eyes, and he looked at me, and he said, I really believe this. Come on. Now, he's right in this area, and I'm going to look for him again and get him a Bible, because I didn't, and then I told Suzanne, and her thing was, well, did you give him a Bible? Like, hmm, yeah. All right, blameless, blameless. You know what? If God nudges you to go to a school board meeting and talk about and speak up for the, how the children are being taught all kinds of horrible things and how horrible books are in the library, speak up. Worship team, if you can come forward.
I don't even, you don't have to feel a nudge to vote. You don't have to feel a nudge for, well, the Holy Spirit led me to go vote in the election. I'm just going to tell you right now, God says, go vote. Vote Bible. Vote family values. <laughs> vote people because when we don't vote for godly candidates, we're to blame, church. We're to blame. All right, so even another practical way to, to live your life blameless. I know I'm camped out on this one. But when other people mistreat you and respond at you in the flesh and trespass against you, you become vulnerable to, be, to blame when you react in the flesh to their flesh. Don't let their flesh stir your flesh. Respond in the Spirit. And then anybody ever watch the NBA when the, or, te, or basketball game when they get a technical foul? For the second punch. The second punch. But see, you were, you were to blame even though they hit me first. Guys, what would it be like? If our walk is blameless, it means, it means uh, 1 Peter, I think I put your verse in there. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. That way we don't open the door for blame. All right? Let's all stand if you would. What is it? What does verse 1, who, the second one is who, who does what is righteous? It's your action. The first is your lifestyle. The second is your actions bring glory to God. You do what's righteous. Your life, the, thing, the actions you do don't bring a reproach on God. Number three, who speaks the truth from their hearts. We'll talk about that more at a later time. Number four, whose tongue utters no slander. It's another fruit. Slander is talking about someone's character. Number five, who does no wrong to a neighbor. In other words, you live in the golden rule. You do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And number six, cast no slur on others. It means you, you insult them by innuendo. Now, I wanted to cover those six real quickly because I noticed it jumped out to me that out of those first six signs of someone who's living in the realm of fire, three of the six have to do with our tongue. Speaking the truth or lying. Slandering or building up. Slurring, doing a slur, or speaking words of faith and blessing. So I believe the, the Lord, the way the Lord would have us to respond now is to ask the Holy Spirit to invite the power of the Holy Spirit to touch our tongue and invite. Any of you, after, after we sing, 
any of you to come and, and have our, if our prayer teams could come forward, to come and exchange strength. You're weary. There's a weariness in your, in your life. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Our prayer teams will be here to pray with you, to exchange your failing strength with God's divine strength. It literally means they that wait upon the Lord will exchange strength. This, think of this as an exchange window where your strength is running out. If you came up to Sarah and said, I, I am just really weak right now, and she'll pray with you and give and, and, and trust and ask God for you and you agree with her for God's strength to come, for you to give him your weak, piddly, incompetent strength, which is all of us, <laughs> and receive divine strength. But all of us, I believe, I want us to, to I want to pray for all of us here for our tongues right now. Would you just, if it helps you across the room and online, to put your mouth, put your hands up below your mouth or right here. As just contacting and saying, I just, I just pray for us, Lord. We can't tame our own tongue. James 3, it's in our notes. says it's, a restless evil. It sets things on fire because it sets them on fire from hell when we speak outside of the leadership of your spirit. So right now, just open your hands now, if you would, to the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you come and touch our tongues with fire from heaven? Even right now, just start to, if you have a, your prayer language, just start to pray. You're not praying publicly for it to be interpreted. Just pray out loud right now. Lord, would you pour out the fire of your spirit on our tongue? Forgive me when I've spoken out in the, in the soul. Cancel. Cancel words spoken in my life that have, that have torn down, that have been cursing and not blessing. Just continue to pray under your breath, low. The last part of that verse, James 3 says, My brothers and sisters, this ought not be that your tongue be set on fire by hell. Holy Spirit, would you come in manifested presence? to anoint our tongues with fire from heaven. Anyone here today who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, come up and let one of these pray for you. Let's just let the worship team play, the prayer teams, the altars open if you want to come and for any need you have, but if you need the strength of God, come. Receive. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast 
leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.